0: So, hello. Uh, Not quite sure how to start this, but this is a brand new podcast. My name is James Hamlin. Alongside me is... Uh, My name's Ine Penigo. I don't know why I said Innie, It's Ine Ine (laughs) Ine. (laughs) Penigo.
1: Yes, I'm trying to hide my name already.
0: Uh, Yeah, no, this is uh, North London 40. Okay, so why are we here? Why are we doing this? Well, both big NFL fans, fans of American football in general. So, literally, we're sitting here and we decided we actually had a... Very brief conversation outside the Santy Gold concert. Like all good ideas, yeah, after yeah, a Gold yeah, concert. Yeah, excellent concert, by the way. Yeah. Really enjoyed that. When I think of NFL, I do think of Santy Gold. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad look, actually. <laughs> and yeah, so we had a, had a conversation about why don't we do a podcast and why are we here? And I think it's, it's pretty basic, really. The NFL is an incredible sport. American Definitely. football, as we call it, is, is, a, is an incredible sport. But for some reason, in this country we're in, the UK, England, London, Republic of, it's not really perceived as maybe we think it should be perceived. So, you know, we're not saying this podcast is going to change that forever. But, you know, I think it's I think we maybe want to talk about it in a slightly different way that maybe you might have heard of it before. And hopefully, as we go into this season, which is fast approaching, yeah, you can get involved too. Definitely. I think in 2012 with all sports, there's kind of
1: more of a a fan appreciation of the sport itself. And I think the NFL, especially coming from a UK perspective, definitely doesn't really doesn't really get that opportunity. I think people emailing Channel 5 at five in the morning or whatever, (laughs) you know, they're not really going to get their point heard across. So hopefully with this podcast, we can... You know, introduce people that you know like the sport, but maybe have fallen away, and maybe also fans of the sport right now. We've got a forum and a and a place to sort of talk and joke and dissect things from our own unique perspective.
0: Look, you're right, and and let's and let's let's focus the fact you are listening to this podcast is quite an interesting thing. But we've never been surrounded by more content than we are now. We have a chance for this sport to be accessible to you, English people, people around the globe. And I think what we want to do is. Try to remove the barrier to entry, which totally exists. I think that you all see this sport and you're like, What are these people doing? Yeah. Right? And you don't necessarily understand it. So I think we want we can appreciate that and we want to try and help you break that down and get you over that hump but then get yourself locked in for what is an incredible soap opera. This isn't just about the Super Bowl, which I'm sure everybody watches once a year. Mm-hmm. It's you know we've been fortunate enough, we've had some great Super Bowls recently. Yep. This year's Super Bowl was really good.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, no. No, it was good.
0: It was a good one. It was I, good. The I, last Patriots-Giants Super Bowl was a little bit... We'll talk about the Super Bowl yeah, in a little bit right. more detail later, but, you know, there's a lot there. And as we go into the season, we want to start breaking down some of the games and doing a bit of jargon busting and, you know, making this a bit of a, you know, a fun way for you to get into the game and start to learn a little bit more, but also some more of the other angles that we'll get into a little bit. We won't be afraid to maybe talk about some other slightly related stuff as well definitely I don't think this is the place you need to come for too many stats and you know we're going to go into stats but we'll also hopefully point you in the right direction of the people that can really provide you with the core stats and where you want to digest this but you know with a fun angle as well, I hope. True.
1: Uh, well, if you know, this is the place, if you if you know about the Madden curse, the Giselle curse, I, I will be your king of curses. <laughs> the gift and the curse. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Basically, just think of it as more of a light-hearted approach to what can be quite like a, a stat-heavy sport, but, you know, that that, it, that shouldn't make you afraid of it at all.
0: And do you want to just give people just a little bit, just tell them who you are and why you're okay. here and just tell them a little bit of your background on the sport and stuff? Yeah.
1: Uh, I was I was born in a lovely hospital. No, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no. My, oh, yeah. my little background on the sport. Um, I'm 26 years old, so that kind of puts me a little bit out of the demographic that grew up necessarily watching sports or at the NFL, particularly on Channel Four. I I never grew up with a Sky subscription. Don't cry for me. I I lived in America for three years, um, from 2001 to 2004. And during those three years, uh, I fell in love with the sport, and I also played the sport for two years. You know, I played the sport for two years, but had no clue how to play or what I was doing at all. So through that and through sort of just immersing myself in the culture, kind of picked up the sport and kind of figured out what was going on. And through Madden, through sort of playing video games through the internet and through just everything it kind of worms its way into your subconscious and you can't help yourself but to to really enjoy the sport um
0: what about you james so i've got a couple of years on inye you know i was i think the sport exploded in this country in 1985 we can't forget that i think the chicago bears are still a team that everybody holds very true to their heart and and that was that was where the sport really exploded in this country. William Perry and and all those amazing individuals involved with that franchise—it really took off. And you know, I was a um, I was a nine-year-old kid when I saw that game. And you know, let's not forget, this is the mid '80s, and football isn't what it was now. Yeah, what it is now—it was a sport that was really in the dumpster. It was coming up, coming off the back of Heisel and European club bands and stuff. And for me, this was a this was a a brand new thing with so much excitement, so much energy it was so different and just became hooked from then on and you know since then i i was one of thousands of english kids that went and played the sports in one of the hundreds of teams that were that were um that were based in the uk played the sport for a long time what was your team then um, so I played for a team called the Heathrow Jets. Shout out to every, anyone who's listening from the Heathrow Jets. That is the, the best
1: name I've ever heard for any team ever.
0: Yeah, it was, it was a good one. It was a good one. Before that, started at Southern Bengals as a, as a very young kid and played with my brother and made some great friends, played the sport. We were pretty successful, and, and maybe we'll tell some stories from that in, in future podcasts. But But, yeah, did all that, and then played at uni as well, which was great, but have stayed hooked ever since. As a kid, I was brought up on... 40 minutes of highlights presented by Nicky Horn, a week after the event. Gone through the Sky coverage and what that's done and how it's evolved and now we're at a situation with inventions such as fantasy football, the red zone, the yeah. depth of the Sky coverage. It's just amazing. It's never been a better time to get into that sport so it's you know, it's been a good 25 years for me. 25, that's a lot of Super Bowls, that's a lot of content. But there's, there's never been a time like now, right? Mm. There's never been a time like now. The sport's still doing well in this country. I don't have the stats, but I feel there's a renaissance. Obviously, the NFL series games in London have yep. been massive. And we can talk a little bit more about that later, I'm sure. But we went through a bit of a bit of a saggy phase in this country. It, it kind of felt like that to some degree. Now we're we're kind of um, bigger than ever, and you know, it it warrants people like us kind of doing a podcast as well. And yeah, we should kind of. Uh, I guess we should just kind of stop talking about ourselves a little bit and just kind of. I guess we were thinking about what the best way was to kind of get into this, break the rules down and what they don't necessarily mean. And it's probably not really that necessary. I think we should maybe start with sum up the end of last season, which was the start of February, maybe get people up to speed of where we are now. I think that's a good idea. And I think we're... um, Planning on being a lot more regular with these podcasts as we as we start to get into the actual season itself. Preseason starts yeah. at August. Maybe we should talk a little bit like that. It's interesting enough about the NFL. It's it's kind of like football in the sense that not
1: I wouldn't say that the season is decided in the off season, but definitely quite a lot can change, especially with things such as the draft and with free agency. Teams can sort of change their sort of identities and. Well, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get too deep into it and it's something that we'll talk about later, but it's it's a, probably right now is a good time to kind of get yourself situated and sort of understand where the league is going for coming up to next season. But trust me, it's not really difficult. You just kind of need to know who the major players are.
0: And... You do, you do. You absolutely do. You make a great point. And as you say, and I think this is one thing that's worth clarifying maybe up front. I'm sure there's lots of Premier League Hashtag EPL fans yes. listening into that, of, of which which we are ourselves. But I think one of the most exciting things is is about this sport now, and it never used to be that way, is that you'll go into a season, you know, obviously you have your teams that are going to stink and you, you can predict these quite easily. But one of 16 teams can win this. Yep. Yeah. Right, Definitely. And that's what makes it more exciting than ever. Mm. Last year, New York Giants won the title. They beat the New England Patriots, as a lot of you will know, in a very closely fought Super Bowl. But midway through the season, the Giants were a team that anybody backed. They were probably ranked an eight seed at best, yep. got momentum, and ended up winning the title. And, and that's what gives fans hope. Definitely. I think the NFL... Uh, in America the whole system's
1: kind of they would prefer if teams kind of were sort of equal. Basically the draft system's scheduled for that or situated for that, but I think the, a lot of teams that finish ten and eight or nine and eight or whatever am I getting that right? Ten and no. six. Ten and six, sorry. See, even though I've made mistakes already, so please don't jump down my throat. So it's definitely about Actually, you could
0: finish ten and eight if you want two playoff games, technically.
1: Technically. Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't yeah. Thanks. James made me seem a lot better than I was there, but yeah, no, it's it's definitely about parity. You know, it's not necessarily it's teams can go through a season fifteen and one and not win the playoffs at the end of the day. So um, yeah, parity is.
0: It happens, is and I guess, just to cover it off in case any of you don't necessarily not. Or we won't break into the details of how salary capping works. Mm-hmm. Each team has the same amount of money that they can spend on talent. Yeah. Right. which basically means that the talent gets fairly shared around the league. Mm -hmm. Now, this never used to happen in in the 80s and early 90s where you had the stars being stockpiled at a team like the Dallas Cowboys or the Washington Redskins and San Francisco 49ers. Now the sport has become so scientific in the way that spending money effectively is the absolute key to winning this sport. Mm -hmm. You see coaches like the Bill Belichicks of this world. It's like the mastering of how to master that salary cap is now the absolute key. Mm. The Manchester City or the Chelsea type approach of going out and buying the best players that are possible, it's just not available for you to do that. So lots of parity. And it also means that if you are a team that has salary cap room there's a great chance you're going to be able to attract the best talent that's out there. We've seen the Buffalo Bills do that in this preseason attracting some of the best free agents, Mario Williams especially. Mm. You can do that. I think that's the first thing. The draft we'll talk about a little bit more later on in the podcast as well is the sharing of the top talent that comes through in the league. The worst teams get to pick first, the best teams get to pick last. It's sharing it around, gives fans hope makes it interesting. Mm. Some teams do continue to screw this up. This does happen. My beloved but Raiders. Exactly. The Raiders the Raiders will get to the Raiders. Um we we'll get to the Raiders and they manage this, but as you go into this season, options, you know, maybe we'll pick our potential Super Bowl pick out the hat maybe we will but it's it's just to pick out the hat i mean that's that's kind of all it is and um, i guess just to close off the 2011 2012 season as i say the new york giants they won it showed amazing play getting hot in the playoffs beat the heavily favored new england patriots mm-hmm. and Peyton that was manning solidified himself as a hall of fame quarterback Except it was Eli. Why did I just say Peyton?
1: (laughs) This is the problem. I just literally watched Eli. I'm sorry. I just literally watched Eli Manning in SNL yesterday, and it's. I haven't seen that. How is that
0: worth watching? Um, it's it's decent.
1: He doesn't do the United Way sketch. They do like a little parody off that, and I think that's why like Peyton's been in my head the whole time. Um, but yeah, no, you, you know, he's an NFL player acting. It's not going to be great.
0: They beat the New England Patriots. It was completely and exclusively the fault of Giselle, as yeah. we read it, right? Yeah,
1: it's uh, Giselle uh, Bundchen, famous supermodel slash witch. People um, Google her as we yeah, speak. Google. Yeah, Google. Why not? <laughs> that is the sound of people dropping the podcast yeah. and going. Um, <laughs> uh, she is now married to Tom Brady Well, and was dating beforehand for a good solid years. And basically, the people of New England have since they've been married, Tom Brady has not won a championship. Missed twice se- in the Super Bowl to the Giants. Very close, yeah. not won the big game. Yeah. Also injured his knee for a whole season and basically has not been able to carry them across the line as well as he used to. So basically the people of New England considered Giselle to be a curse. This wasn't helped when Giselle then, Ooh. after the Super Bowl, decided to badmouth the rest of the team.
0: That was actually still during, I think. Oh, that was, was that in still, the, like the last two minutes. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah.
1: not really particularly helping or cheering. I, I think
0: I think the quote was, "My husband can't be expected to catch the ball and throw the ball and <laughs> and make tackles and stuff." It was something along those lines. Now, mm. whether that actually happened, I'm not really sure. Obviously, everyone's around with the camera phone and yeah. and things of that nature. But you know, she got a bit of a bad rap. The Bostonians, and in case you don't know. Bostonian sports fans, bit of a different breed. They don't really like the way that Tom dresses now. He's gone he's gone for like the he has like a Mohawk hairstyle now, right? As Mohawk well?
1: hairstyle and as also what, the face of Uggs or for men as well it's not particularly yes he's yeah he's 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 changed i think that's the thing i think that with boston fans they kind of they kind of they're a bit like english fans in the sense that they really value grit and hard work and all these sort of things and i think the bill belichick teams have always been more about graft rather than flair and it doesn't help that their star quarterback has now gone and Seemed Hollywood on them, I think, would be the expression. Yeah,
0: I, th- I, think, I think you're right. I think you're right. But, you know, there's Tom Brady, so I think they allow him to get away with certain things. Yeah. But I think they're all pretty cut up about losing the big game, which, you know, which we can understand. And and just, you know, it was a great season, fantastic season, culminated in a fantastic Super Bowl. If you want to talk about the New England Patriots, they also unearthed and very unlikely superstar slash media personality in Rob Gronkowski yeah I think we've just seen the start of that and I think we all watch with anticipation for next year I think the Timberland track Gronk 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 or Gronk I can't remember what it's called (laughs) kind of sums it up and you know if you google this guy he was the guy dancing well just like dancing like a drunk American frat boy after the Super Bowl with his shirt off at the Super uh, the Patriots losing party. That was him yeah. after he hadn't really played in the game. But he had an incredible season, a record-breaking season for a tight end and has a huge future. So, again, another one of the highlights this season. And, you know, it was also the first season pre a NFL lockout. The season was in a lot of jeopardy. This seems so long ago now. And, you know, what that basically meant, a lot of things changed and a lot of things were restructured. And one of the key things that changed after the lockout was the way that rookies can't come into the league. Sorry, and we're going to use Jamarcus Russell as the poster child of this.
1: Well, hold on. If we're going to mention Jamarcus Russell, can we not also mention his use of up And maybe kids should not be drinking up? Let's, <laughs> let's just shout that out. Let's just, you know,
0: it's done. Yeah. It's done. So the situation was basically this in a nutshell as the, as the top talent was coming into the uh, coming into the league, what had happened was these players contracts especially quarterbacks getting picked number 1 would be getting enormous 100 billion dollar contracts getting paid more than the likes of Tom Brady Peyton Manning Drew Brees etc so what this would basically mean would be an imbalance and teams would actually be penalized for these players that they were getting that they were drafting raiders being a prime example of being penalized with the JaMarcus Russell contract because they picked him first in the draft and he didn't really deliver, right? And that all I changed. Think
1: that's the, the nicest way of ever saying that. Yeah, he didn't really deliver.
0: I'm nice. He he he, he, <laughs> did, he didn't really deliver. I think I think when he hit 315 <laughs> pounds playing quarterback, <laughs> I think that, I think that was the end of the. Um, I think that was the end of that.
1: Just uh, just for you know, for statistics' sake, uh, six-year contract worth 68 million. There you go. With thirty-one point thirty-one and a half guaranteed.
0: So worth mentioning that. Regardless if if he doesn't really play particularly well, if he plays really well, that figure goes on the Raiders salary cap. So it penalises you in the future. So we we had the first draft going into last season that wasn't the case. The contracts were a lot more sensible and players were actually, teams were allowed to draft a lot more, thinking about that in mind. And, And we should probably talk about this year's draft happened last week, and we'll back this into free agency, but this was the first draft where this new system of the way that rookie contracts were structured was in place. Mm -hmm. So what you had was a draft which was pretty much unrecognisable based on recent years where you had lots of teams trading players up, lots of teams taking risks, but also lots of teams being able to take skilled players where they maybe wouldn't have been able to do. Mm -hmm. And Fascinating draft. I think some teams really, really improved. I think that if you are a fan of the Cleveland Browns, the Minnesota Vikings, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, all teams that were dreadful last season, I think you've got to be pretty happy. Yeah, right. got to be pretty happy with yourself. Also, an interesting draft in the way that I can't remember a draft where it hasn't been about the top two picks. True. So the top two picks were... Pretty much agreed upon ahead of time. Do you think that also it helped
1: that the top two picks were agreed upon about six, eight or to eight months ago? Possibly. I know that, well, basically they renamed the draft the Lux Sweeps. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) they,
0: they did, but I don't think anybody saw RG3 doing what he did at the end of the season. So just... In case anybody doesn't really follow the college game, a quarterback from Stanford called Andrew Luck was the runner-up in the Heisman Trophy from 2010-2011 and was the f- red-hot favorite to be the Heisman Trophy winner and the number one pick. Mm-hmm. He comes from pedigree. His dad is the next NFL quarterback, Oliver Luck. Obviously, he's a very t- very intelligent chap as well with a Stanford education. But what a little happened? B fan as well. Oh, what, sorry? I think he's a little B fan as well, just coming from Stanford. All right. yeah, Yep. Yeah, I'll agree with that. And um, But then what you had and on the outside lane, you had a guy by the name of uh, Robert Griffin III, RG3 as we call him, who came out of nowhere, ended up winning the Heisman Trophy. And then you had a bit of a controversy. Who was going to go one? Who was going to go two? It was always going to be Andrew Luck that was always going to go number one to the Indianapolis Colts 2011-2012s. Worst team, and we'll get into the reasons why that was in a little bit. Um, one reason strange to mind. they had a chance to take the number one pick. They took Andrew Luck as their quarterback of the future. They got rid of their quarterback of the past mm-hmm. and drafted Andrew Luck, which is super interesting, super exciting. Looks the real deal. Mm-hmm. And looks like he's going to be playing straight away, whereas the Washington Redskins drafted up to look for their quarterback of the future, which was RG3. Two
1: first-rounders. Two
0: first-rounders, paid a lot for him, but again, didn't have to pay the large contract, so it made a lot of sense. And also, another thing worth pointing out if you're not aware of this statistic, the quarterback in American football, you can't win unless you've got one
1: see this is a very good point. There are what two hundred and fifty million people in america there are thirty two n f l teams
0: yep with forty five players on each team yep. yep
1: why is it impossible to find only like it's there are what probably ten good quarterbacks what how <laughs> like how is it that it just it comes down to being that the how the like the the line of success being so thin or just
0: You know what, I think it's five, maybe four elite, elite quarterbacks, another 10 to 12 really good, Mm -hmm. a couple of, uh, and then a bunch that are just terrible, right? So I think it's how hard is it to find those elite guys? I think the position's never been harder. Mm -hmm. I think defenses have never been faster, more complex. I think technology's coming in. It's the toughest position in sports. And it's always going to be. It's the mixture of the super athlete with the way to think out a game, the way to lead men, be a field judge. This is difficult. Mm. And, and, you know, the holy grail for teams, if you can find a good one, build around him and don't let him go. If Mm. it's through the draft, and, you know, we've seen Washington and and Miami who picked up Ryan Tannehill later in the draft. You know, the draft is a great way to get quarterbacks because, you know, you can obviously – Pick the ones you want. You can do your research and think these are going to be the guy. For every guy that comes through from the draft, you know, for every Cam Newton who was picked number one in the draft last year, had an amazing season, Um, pretty much won me my fantasy title, there's a Jamarcus Russell, right? Or there's or a, a Heath Schuler, Or a Ryan Leaf. <laughs> yeah. You know, there is, and, it, and it's always a lottery, but extremely difficult situation Extremely difficult position to play. But also your infrastructure around you is important as yeah. well. You have a Peyton Manning who started from moment one, snap one. Mm-hmm. You have a Tom Brady who um, who came later in the draft and then picked it up. But, you know, circumstances are important. Do they have a running game to support them? But it's. Do you
1: think that you could – I know this is probably maybe if, – if you're just picking up – this podcast and you're not really too sure about the NFL this might be a little bit of a tough question to sort of say but do you think that if you have a competent quarterback but with a run offense that would be good enough such I, as the Baltimore Ravens approach well
0: yeah I mean you know you see a lot of this right and, and but it's the Ravens whereas don't have the elite quarterback even though Joe Flacco as we know Likes to call himself an an elite quarterback and considers he is. And based on his winning record and the performance he he, he won away at Pittsburgh, maybe he is. But if you have – there's still a place for tough defense, ground and pounds, run the ball, competent quarterback, field general, don't lose me the game. It's going to win you a certain amount of games. Chicago have tried to do that for years. Mm -hmm. Pittsburgh, I guess, to a degree, but they've always had an amazing quarterback, fast receivers. It's tough. You know, it's a passing league now. Mm. And it's. I think if you want to kick on to the next level, you know, Baltimore have invested all their cap money in wide receivers. Some of them have worked out. Some of them haven't quite worked out to try and upgrade in that passing game. And even you saw them, Torrey Smith, they're quiet, deep threat. He's going to be a good player, I think. You know, you see see that evolve. So I think your answer is these days, probably no. But, you know. But then, again, that's a good thing because – if you're drafting quarterbacks
1: that gives each team hope. It gives you someone that you can hope to build. I know for some reason I I seem to be quite up to date with what's going on in Washington for the past three years. They've suffered quarterback controversy. They've they've oh. had John Beck. They've gone through Donovan McNabb somehow Don't falling out of the, the face Rex as well. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they've really gone through it gone through it all. And so drafting someone young that you you can see has some sort of uh, you know presence and that has you know has a track record. In you college. won't win without him, right? Yeah.
0: And then the other thing to caveat it with as well is in the way that the sport's changed. In the shelf life of running backs, has never been shorter. Yeah, right. And this is also a sport, and it's worth mentioning. I think the average length of a career in the NFL is less than two years. Mm-hmm. Running backs don't last like they used to. Quarterbacks can last if they stay healthy. So you know, it's like saying we're going to have a, a ground and pound game, and we're going to build our franchise on this guy for five to six seasons, with some exceptions. And Adrian Peterson obviously coming back off a will be coming back off a really bad injury. But these running backs don't last anymore. You want a quarterback you can build from, and you know I think two teams have got that in the draft. They like to think that some other quarterbacks got picked up. Cleveland got their guy. They went in on Whedon. That's quite interesting. But it was a great draft. I think some teams have really strengthened. It's a brilliant thing to watch on TV. Radio City Music Hall in New York City, full of beard-up Jets and Giants fans booing the Cowboys, booing the Skins, booing their own team. <laughs> Three days of incredibly... It's hard to describe the theatre around the TV, but, you know, it's, it's, it's really, really exciting stuff. And with, I think, 16 teams of the 32 all moved their picks this year to, to compliment their squads. And, you know, there's a few teams out there that, that you look at their picks and you're like, mm, but I think most people are pretty happy. We've got to mention the Raiders. We will mention the Raiders. They aren't too happy on the draft. Why was that?
1: They they traded away, Wade. Well, <laughs> see, this is the problem. First of all, the Raiders started the year – well, the Raiders for the past couple of years have been owned – well not the past couple years, but they've been owned by Al Davis who's been a great servant to the sport and a great servant to the Raiders. Part of the problem is he he was an old man and he's he's passed away now, but I think that he was constantly in love with the idea of winning one last title and one last Super Bowl, but that was at the expense of the future of the team, and so if any team had a player that was somewhat decent that they had the opportunity um, the Raiders would jump at the opportunity to mortgage their future to get the player so the raiders got rid of their first round draft pick this year and next year if i'm correct (laughs) for former usc grad and complete waste man carson palmer and he didn't work out that just meant that the raiders could not build they they desperately need a reliable running back. They need to plug holes on defense as well. And basically it means that for a team that right now somehow has become the most fashionable sports team in the whole of London and potentially the whole of the world, they do not have a good
0: team. So you can expect more of this, more of this type of insight from Inye. He's <laughs> younger than me and he has, he has more of his ear to the streets. So Raiders Gears back. Yes. Why aren't I seeing that?
1: Well, Raiders gear is back in in slightly uh, surreptitious fashion. Wow, I'm not going to be using words okay. surreptitious again. Partly because the early '90s motif of the NWA style has come back and inspired a bunch of streetwear designers such as Trapstar, mm-hmm. and so you will see a lot of a you won't see a lot of authentic Raiders gear. You will see a lot of really bad knockoffs or. <laughs> Stuff that has the skull and cro- like the the symbol. I see skulls. But, yeah. right, okay. um, and I, I know that like this is not like, you know, just because kids are wearing it does not necessarily
0: mean that people are going to support the team.
1: But it probably would, you know, you could convert a few people. Yeah. Look, the Raiders are going to be the Raiders, right? Yeah. And, and
0: you can't. And if anyone who hasn't seen the Ice Cube. Um, oh my god, that is amazing. Raiders documentary, yeah. number one. I think Al Davis actually is dead on that, <laughs> but actually moving his lips, um yeah, yeah. to how old he looks. But he breaks down the mystique about it and, and you know, and I was a uh, I was at a certain age. My brother liked the Raiders, I liked the Bears, and mm-hmm. you know, it's um that's kind of I think I think it kind of started from back in the Marcus Allen and obviously the Bo Jackson phenomenon yeah. kinda of kicked off. But it's you know, the Ice Cube documentary takes it back to the um explosion of Ice Cube and NWA. Mm-hmm. And what was effectively called Gangster Rap into the explosion of those brands. He breaks down the stats. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible in terms of what they did for that brand, but kind of what the brands did for each other. Yeah. Right? And, and, you know, you're never going to change the Raiders machine. Look, the Raiders are going to have wacky drafts. They thought they could be a playoff team last season. I still wish they had Tom Cable coaching them. I miss that guy. You know, I miss that guy. And um, Hugh Jackson, again, a USC guy, went for Carson Palmer. Maybe that works out. Maybe that doesn't. It it probably doesn't. So they didn't have the picks to to draft with. You know, the Raiders didn't have a quarterback. Campbell went down. They needed a guy. They saw a guy that was available there. They they went and took him. And and maybe it works out. Maybe it doesn't. But on the subject of quarterbacks, and the other thing we haven't touched upon and – is that it's not only the draft, it's also about free agency. Mm -hmm. When the season ends, players are available that are out of contract to move from teams, and they get traded and they get released, but mostly they come out of contract and they go to other teams. On the subject of quarterbacks, this offseason was about two quarterbacks. Well, it started with one and then became two, and we touched upon him earlier. The first quarterback was, of course, Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. And just to get people up to speed on that, one of the best players that's ever played this sport. Agreed, in you? Definitely, definitely. Brother of Eli, son of Archie, an incredible talent that you just have to watch play the game. His skills on the football field. There's been few players ever like him.
1: Master of the two-minute drill.
0: Master of the two minutes drill. Have you seen his press conference when he leaves Indianapolis?
1: Surprisingly, not. I did watch all the coverage leading up to it, but not the the actual press conference.
0: It's just Google it, people. It's just I'm not afraid to be a sports weeper. (laughs) I can do that. And people are like, oh, you know, why aren't you weeping at at much more um, salient issues in the world? Well, it's it's a pretty small world that that I like to create around myself. When he steps out there and and goes to the city of Indianapolis, they go, I've been proud to call myself your quarterback. Mm -hmm. And he welled up, and he kind of walked off, and he left it with N. You know, what a righteous dude. So anyway, what happened was, um, he's been this incredible player. They've won Super Bowls, multiple playoff runs, incredibly successful. Had a lot of problems with neck surgery. Let's
1: also just take a split second, was like played when he came – like put the first snap when he came into the league first played snap. what ten fifth like ten, twelve years without each game? Like it was uh, never perfect. missed a game. Never missed a game. Never
0: missed a game. Mm. So it was um so what happened was back in that draft, I think it's ninety seven or ninety eight, there were two quarterbacks. A little bit like there are this season. <laughs> two quarterbacks gonna go one and two. Indianapolis had the first pick, San Diego had the second pick. For those of you who don't know the story, Peyton Manning was picked number one a guy called Ryan Leaf was picked number two, has been called history's NFL history's biggest ever bust. Basically, he was a mentalist and still is. Mm-hmm. He's been in the news this offseason. I think he did some sort of home invasion. Yes, that's that. out of his head on yeah. prescription drugs, and sure. it's extremely, extremely sad. So that's the kind of coin flip, really. But anyway, Peyton Manning got injured, had some neck problems, had some neck surgeries, missed all of last season. The Indianapolis Colts went from being a playoff team to a terrible team. It kind of sums up how good the player was. Anyway, fast forwards. Peyton Manning coming off multiple neck surgeries, as you can imagine, hard thing to come back from. The Indianapolis Colts wanted to keep him. They had to give him, as I understand it, $26 million guaranteed in his contract. Mm -hmm. The saga went on all season. At the end, Indianapolis decided they had to move forwards. Mm-hmm. Andrew Luck was available at the number one pick. They didn't want to pay Peyton Manning $26 million. They wanted to pay Andrew Luck a lot less than that. They let him go. Massive story. If you want to take it back to free agents at their peak, it's hard to think of a bigger peak, possibly not really the word. I think the biggest one I can remember is Brett Favre possibly over his peak by then, potentially. But Well, I think probably the...
1: Uh, I, I can't necessarily take credit for this, but apparently like um, Drew Brees would probably be the best example of a player moving in free agency.
0: Yes. And I think now effect. when you reflect upon it, yeah. yes. But
1: at the time after coming off from San Diego, wasn't well, exactly an elite quarterback at that time, I think.
0: I mean, he was. He had LT. At, mm. you know, and again, this goes to show why coin flip decisions in this sport are so important so I believe and again this comes with a caveat our stat game is close enough as it yeah. needs to we're be we're more
1: banter than anything else exactly, with that.
0: exactly. so you, you had a decision around I think it was six years ago 2007-2006 Two hot quarterbacks on the market, free agency. Mm. One was Dante Culpepper. One was Drew Brees. Drew Brees was coming off a bad knee injury. San Diego just drafted Philip Rivers, decided to cut Drew Brees loose. Culpepper, Brees, the two hot commodities available. Culpepper did some amazing things in Minnesota. He had a couple of seasons, 40 touchdowns. The free agent market, you had Miami, you had New Orleans. Miami chose Culpepper. He stunk at Miami. I think he might still be in the league, possibly as some sort of fourth guy. Again, had lots of knee yeah. problems. Generally didn't work out. Because Breeze had the problems with his knee, he isn't the physical specimen that Cole Pepper is. New Orleans took him as a consolation prize. Mm-hmm. The stats he's posted have been incredible. Some other free agent news, uh the Saints, we'll cover them in a bit as well, what they've been up to. Haven't given Drew Brees a new contract. Mm-hmm. They want to give him a franchise tag. Makes no sense. Um, and what they decided to do that. But right now, as training camp is is, is looking to start, Drew Brees isn't going to be there for the for New Orleans Saints, which are which is which is a crazy decision. But but anyway, going back. So Peter Manning's out on the market. It sparked a scrum of. All the teams that wanted a quarterback. Some really bad flirting. I like to look <laughs> at the Pulpating
1: Man and think as just like incredibly bad flirting by teams. Because, you know, this, as you said, this is an elite quarterback that was coming off a neck surgery but couldn't demonstrate, didn't want to, well, quite rightly, didn't want to train in front of them, didn't want to actually show them what he could do. There was some grainy footage of him throwing a football, which was leaked most likely by his people. It was like the to film. It yep. Was, It was unbelievable, but like because he's such a name, at the time ESPN was just covering him, visiting training camps. Day after day after day, he went to Arizona, he went to...
0: So there was a few teams in it. He went to the Dolphins, Mm -hmm. he went to the Niners, which then resulted in Alex Smith going and talking to the Dolphins at the same time, (laughs) which was just stupid. Mm -hmm. He went there, he went to see Tennessee, he went to see all these teams, and then he went to see Denver. Denver are now run by another elite quarterback of yesteryear, John Elway. is now their GM. Really good guy worth following on Twitter, actually. uh, The way that he um, uses the media, very upfront with the fans, talks about the decisions he's making. He's really embraced the media, really massive superstar quarterback of the past, successful in Denver. He went to see John Elway in Denver. But
1: didn't Denver already have a quarterback? You know what? I think they did. I can't remember his name. I don't know what, what, what what's he's...
0: A guy. <sighs> so they had a guy by the name of Tim Tebow. Now, you're going to know about Tim Tebow probably without actually seeing him play, mm. knowing the history, knowing anything about him. And I've been, actually been asked, can you just explain Tim Tebow? And you know what? It's difficult to explain Tim Tebow, and that you can have a podcast in its own. <laughs> it's the but, beauty of American sports. Tim Tebow is in the like sort of the,
1: the antithesis of you know hotshot American wide receivers, so to speak. Tim Tebow is the other side of that coin.
0: He absolutely is, and. To say that he is America's most polarizing sports (laughs) personality, actually scrub that, personality is an understatement. (laughs) Right. So it's awfully kind to give him the word personality. So he goes to see Denver. Denver have Tim Tebow. So you have to give a bit of a background on, on certain Tim Tebow. I'm sure there's lots of Twitter followers, Twitter users out there. You'll see Tebow all over your timeline. People Tebowing all over your timeline mm. and trying to figure what it's all about. And so Paul Pierce Tebowed a couple of days ago as well. Saw that. Mm-hmm. Saw that at midcourt in the Hawks game. Saw that he's not letting that die. So who is Tim Tebow and what's he all about? So you have to go back further here to try to figure out, tell the story. So Tim Tebow was the most highly recruited high school football player coming out of Florida which would have been for say 6 years ago now. There's a movie you can watch it on YouTube if you just t- if you just type into YouTube Tim Tebow documentary which catalogs his high school career, the way he was recruited, it's just incredible. So he was the number one rated um, quarterback coming out of high school and he got recruited in Florida. Comes from Gainesville in Florida. Now, the, the interesting thing about Tim Tebow is that his parents, um, they have their own religious mission, mm-hmm. that they spend their summer times down in the Philippines building missions, driving their religion forward. To say that he is a religious person is an understatement. Yep. Now, Not in, just
1: like, you know, thanking God at the MTV Awards, like full-on, properly religious person. E-
0: exactly. None of this cross yourself and, yeah. and just kind of like, you know, when it suits you. It's his religious following, his purity, Mm. I think, still. It's kind of sanctuary around all that type of stuff. There's never been a sports person with a higher profile that has used religion to the fore more than Tim Tebow. And if you can imagine in the hotbed of America, that's going to engage you to a lot of people. Yep. But it's also going to kind of rub a few people out or up the wrong way. So anyway, fast fast forwarding, he went to Florida, played for the Gators, won an incredible two national titles there. This incredible physical specimen football player. There'd never really been someone like him before, and not a pro style player. You'd probably say he's more of a rugby player in yeah. terms of his physique, Definitely. in terms of his skills, mm-hmm. mixed with a fullback. So tough, so inspirational. Was able to drive that team into two national titles, but was always agreed would never be a pro player. Mm-hmm. The way that he releases the ball, the way that he throws it. He's not. If you imagine Peyton Manning is, or Tom Brady as your classic quarterback, Tim Tebow isn't that. Yeah. But he has these skills that are just unparalleled slash unexplainable. And here's where it all starts to get very interesting. This is
1: also where the American sports talk, they've got a word for it, which English people don't really use. He's got the intangibles.
0: Yes, he he has. He can win a game when a game can never be won. Mm. Now... The conspiracy theorists out there, the people that, that still watch the X-Files, like <laughs> to think that he's being helped by a greater good. But it's only when you've watched a Tim Tebow game, a Tim Tebow performance, you literally can't play any worse for three quarters. Mm. Balls hopping off the floor, flying out of bounds. Just, It doesn't look like he even knows Like he's on the same playbook as his players. Yeah. Fourth quarter comes along. These amazing victories come out of nowhere. He is box office, right? Box office. Started playing for Denver. Became the starter at Denver when they were terrible. Somehow got Denver in the playoffs. Won a playoff game against Pittsburgh with has to be the most unforgettable play of last season. Yeah. So, and also... It was the first time that overtime finished on a touchdown. An 80-yard bomb to Demarius Thomas. Just incredible. A friend of mine showed me his twi- a snapshot of his Twitter feed um, at that moment. And Tebow <laughs> was in every tweet of his feed. And it summed up what it was. It all added to the mystique. But you know what? Wasn't good enough.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Wasn't Peyton Manning. Got rid of him. So... Imagine where this extremely religious, Florida-based, Gainesville-born, pure, clean, American, apple pie athlete. Where's he going to go? Can
1: I just before you, uh, you know, te- well, let people know where he's going to go. Um, well, he's gone already. They might well, already gone know, gone, but yeah, anyway. True. But, yeah. but um, just the – we're also forgetting the fact that um, – Whilst he was still at the – whilst he was still playing college, there was the advert during the halftime of the Super Bowl being anti-abortion, featuring him and his mum. Oh, yes. It all adds to the – So, like, you know, if – he is, like, when we say that this kid is religious, we are saying is incredibly religious. Yes. Um, And I think to the point that, you know, like, American sports and American culture has always been – religious or had that idea of it, but there was just something about him that just was that extra extra inch and um yeah. He's still a virgin. He's he's not gonna have sex until he's married. So where would he go to? You know they're on the Bachelor?
0: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably yeah. I Bachelor. don't know. I don't know. Where would he go? Only one place he's gonna go. So um this is part one and we're coming to an end. So um Click on the link on iTunes or, or wherever. Part and um, two
1: will let you know where T-Boy goes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is, basically. Perfect. Don't Google it. Yeah.